there, friends. Welcome back to the Preacher's Devo podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. The Preacher's Devo podcast is designed for those seeking some devotional thought on certain biblical truths and doctrines of the faith. Throughout the podcast, I offer an analysis of the content found in the Heidelberg Catechism. I have picked the Heidelberg Catechism for its easy-to-follow structure of 52 Lord's Days for every single week of the year. In its current form, the Heidelberg Catechism consists of 129 questions and answers, all of which we are exploring together. Just as a way of reminder, the Heidelberg Catechism is divided in three main parts. Our misery, our redemption, and our thankfulness. For several weeks now, we are still in part number two, which is the bulk of the Heidelberg Catechism, the greater part of it. And again, we have been talking about the second person of the Trinity, and we will until next week to Lord's Day number 19. However, today we are in Lord's Day number 18. Lord's Day number 18 begins with this question. What benefit do we receive from Christ's ascension into heaven? Well, remember from the Gospels that after Jesus was crucified and after he died and after he was buried, he was raised from the dead and he appeared to the 12 disciples. And after he appeared to the 12 disciples and to some 500 other people, he then ascended into heaven. The ascension of Jesus is mentioned in the book of Acts, which is a continuation of the Gospel of Luke. Its account is found in Acts chapter 1 and it goes like this, verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And here we find the ascension recorded. Verse 9. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up. And a cloud took him out of their sight. And as while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So note here that there is an ascension and later on there will be a descension. In other words, a second coming of Christ where he's going to make all things new and gather his elect. His people that he has chosen and died for. So what we can gather from this is that the ascension was first bodily, it was visible, and it was also glorious. And further, what we can also gather is the fact that the ascension of Jesus Christ and the restoring of the kingdom is not just for the kingdom of Israel. Note that in the book of Acts, the disciples were concerned about when the kingdom of Israel would be restored. But Jesus does not answer their question primarily as it relates to the kingdom of Israel. Instead, Jesus' focus for his disciples is that they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. In other words, to all of the nations of the earth. To Jew and Gentile alike. Now let's go back to the answer given by the Heidelberg Catechism as to the question, what benefit do we receive from Christ's ascension into heaven? It lists three things. First, that he is our advocate in the presence of his Father in heaven. Here is a reference to 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, which says, My little children, these things are right to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 
Here also, Romans 8.34 speaks into this context, which says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore, is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. These two verses, of course, highlight Jesus' presence before the Father on our behalf. Now, the Heidelberg Catechism continues. Second, that we have our flesh in heaven as a sure pledge that he as the head will also take us, his members, up to himself. The assurance of the gospel is that Jesus will return and that at this moment he is preparing a place for us. This is testified in John chapter 14 verse 2 that Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, that he has raised us up together and has made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So presently we are seated in heavenly places and presently Christ is preparing a place for us. And the final answer the Heidelberg Catechism gives us here is this. Third, that he sends us his spirit as an earnest, by whose power we seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God and not things on the earth. Here clearly a reference to the coming of the Holy Spirit and the giving of the Holy Spirit. For instance, in John chapter 14, verse 16, which says, And I will pray the Father that he will give you another helper that he might abide with you forever. And 2 Corinthians 5, 5 says, Now he who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. What difference does this make for us right now? It makes all the difference because we are called to seek the things that are above. As Paul says in Colossians 3.1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So we know that Christ ascended into heaven, but that he will come back because he is a gracious God. Here, John 14, 3 speaks beautifully about this. And it says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. To God be the glory for that, that we know that he is sitting at the right hand of God, that Jesus is, and that he will return so that we may be in the presence of God for all eternity. Now, the final question in Lord's Day 18 refers to why Christ sits at the right hand of God. Remember that a few verses back that I read that Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. This is Colossians 3.1. Obviously, this refers to Jesus' position and place of authority before God the Father and as God. The answer given by the Heidelberg Catechism is this, because Christ ascended into heaven for this end, that he might there appear as the head of his church by whom the Father governs all things. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 1, 20-23, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So here we see a reference to Christ having dominion and authority over all things, but primarily too over his church, meaning us, those who have believed in Jesus Christ and are now part of God's family by faith. So Jesus' place at the right hand of God is a place of authority, and it also should give us pause so that we know that our source of authority is not our own. It is 
and belongs to Jesus. And that is why we must submit to him in all things, regardless of what is presented to us in life. Colossians 1.18 says that he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Does Jesus have preeminence over your life right now? This question is one of authority. If Jesus does not have its, his proper place as authority over your life, you will suffer. Here I'll offer you a quote from R.C. Sproul, which says, The very word authority has within it the word author. An author is someone who creates and possesses a particular work. In so far as God is the foundation of all authority, he exercises that foundation because he is the author and owner of his creation, meaning you and I and all human beings and everything that has been created. He is, he ends, saying this way, he is the foundation upon which all other authority stands or falls. And finally, I offer you another quote, this time from John Stott, the great English preacher. He says this, The modern world detests authority but worships relevance. Our Christian conviction is that the Bible has both authority and re relevance and that the secret of both is Jesus Christ. You see, folks, everything hinges on the person of Jesus Christ. Let us always seek to submit to his authority over our lives. That's it for today's podcast. I am your host, Daniel Messina. And until our next podcast, stay encouraged, encourage others, and keep growing in Christ. Feel free to share this podcast with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe.